Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Nolan Molt from the Think Media YouTube channel. Nolan, thank you for being here. What's up, Dave? Uh, dude, I'm excited to be on this podcast because I I listened to this podcast and then you reached oh, really? out on Instagram <laughs> and I was like, I was like, heck yeah. I, uh, I, I've watched Kino Tika. Um, I feel like for a long time since Dude, some of the no beginning way. videos. And I, I still remember like when that channel first popped off, um, and I started watching it and your guys' style was so unique and like what you guys did was so different. And so, um, I've kind of just been following along all the way since back then. So it's cool to connect with you and, Dude. um, I'm excited to chat. That's flattering. I've, I've actually met the entire Think Media team except for you. So I've met Sean and um, the others at like NAB, CES over the years. And Sean and I have, have talked, you know, a handful of times. And um, I think you're in a like a like a in a met you're you're in a M50 Metabone speed booster, yes. some sort of speed booster video, and maybe even but like yeah, when they were at one of those conferences, I, I know you popped up on the channel then. So yeah. Yeah. That's I guess cool. that was before you worked there. That was so. I've I kind of started working for them about off and on about four years ago, but then really full time creating like weekly content for them for over two years now. But That's I've been awesome. working for them for about four years ish. Yeah. So we well, you know when I'm talking about like YouTube stuff, like I'm always bringing up Think Media because I think it's a, a really interesting channel to like point to if you're a gear cre uh, a gear reviewer or tutorial maker on YouTube, the shotgun approach that you guys take is really inspiring <laughs> in a lot of ways. It also seems extremely exhausting and a lot of work. Um, but basically the strategy that at least I've been observing of Think Media that has, you know, garnered almost, uh, well, now you've, you just hit 2 million subscribers. Congratulations. I know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> is just like reviewing every camera that comes out that has to do with YouTube almost talking about every topic or angle about YouTube production um, and building a business. I mean, what's it like working for a company like that that has so many different kind of niches within the niche of YouTube? I mean, it's you're, you're covering so many different topics on the channel. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting approach and it, it, I mean, it really, it's a startup company and it, it's bigger than just, you know, the channel, but where I work in is, you know, specifically that Think Media YouTube channel and kind of what you see is this like shotgun approach. And, you know, it's nice for me as a creative because I, I do have a lot of creative control when it comes to the video ideas and stuff. That's but great. yeah, we cover, we cover a lot of, a lot of stuff when it comes to cameras, lighting, audio, but then also like YouTube strategy. So for me, you know, I go through seasons of like, so, like, it, it's just kind of funny because there's so much videos you can post on. And then there's, there's some weeks where you're like trying to come up with YouTube video ideas and you feel like you've touched on everything. And, uh, but at the end of the day, there's just so much you can post about, but yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. honestly, how I feel is like, it's put your head down and just like, and post videos. And I feel like when we hit the 2 million subscribe, like when we hit 1 million, I feel like I just looked up and we hit 2 million because oh, wow. it was just like post videos, post videos, post videos, post videos. So, um, that's kind of how it feels, but it, it's good. It's fun. And, uh, you and learn not a lot making that much videos. And it's cool. Cause you're not alone. You guys are cranking out how many videos a week, four videos a week, maybe. Okay, so five videos a week. Um, wow. Omar and the Las Vegas team. He's got an editor yeah. over there, Kyle. And, and I've met they... Omar before. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great guy. Uh, great content creator. And he's he's uh, you know some, sometimes you don't see two videos from Omar and two videos from me a week, but we turn in two videos a week. We're always posting five a week. So Sean wow. or maybe even Heather, they'll pop up at least once a week. Um, and now what we're experimenting with Dave is, uh, doing shorts on the weekends. So soon to be okay. seven uploads a week. Um, I'm not doing, sometimes I'll do throw in some shorts, but, uh, Sean is kind of, we're doing a lot of repurposed content and even some new stuff that we shot vertically specifically for, uh, wow. vertical stuff. So that's, um, yeah, uh, soon to be seven a week, but typically five. And you know, what's crazy too, is like, if you look at, and I would love to get your opinion on this. Um, 
if you look at the numbers based on the subscribers, like you're averaging 15,000, 30,000, you know, yeah. video views per video, but that's only in the first week. These videos over yeah. the next year, mm -hmm. two years may hit up into the well into the six figure numbers or millions of views. Um, but not only that, like you're covering topics that maybe not everybody's searching for right now, but they will over time. And again, it's the shotgun approach. You're designing videos that have kind of evergreen or at least two or three year uh, lifespan. Um, and you're kind of yes. intentionally posting for that reason. Is that, am I, am I on point there with the strategy? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things is like, we're making videos kind of for, it depends, but a lot of times it's for search, right? So we'll make a search based. And, and I think this is true with a lot of people who are probably in our niche of like cameras or even just really any educational YouTube channel. Um, mm -hmm. There's kind of two different approaches. So you have search-based content. And for us at Think Media, you know, I have, I, I have these like YouTube, very basic YouTube tutorials on like how to add YouTube tags that sure. are a 10 out of 10 when I first upload and they get like no views and people are like, you have 2 million subscribers. Why do you not, you know, but then like a year goes by and it's got like 500,000 views. And, um, yep. and, and that's, that's true with a lot of search-based stuff, even when it comes to cameras too. So, um, that's one strategy. And, uh, the other strategy that we're kind of experimenting a little bit with now is, is more like trying to show up on browse, uh, on like the homepage and suggested and that kind of stuff, which that will happen naturally when you make content that resonates with a lot of people. But, um, yeah, that's kind of more of like the Mr. Beast style, like on that far spectrum of like entertainment, trying to just show up all over YouTube because pe people have to click on it and then they have to watch it. And so yeah. we're, we're kind of playing a little bit with that, but yeah, a lot of it is search-based stuff. And, um, as an educational channel. I mean, that's what you have to do. A lot of people think too, like, oh, if I just get to a hundred thousand subscribers, they think they're going to get a hundred thousand views on all their videos. And that's just yeah. not the case. Um, if you're more like niche down, we cover so much stuff at Think Media that people subscribe, but they're like only subscribed for maybe a specific piece of content that we're posting, whether that's like YouTube strategy. Um, sometimes it's like, the lighting tips or the cameras, right? So sure. um, we get lots of subscribers and then um, not everyone views it, but that's just kind of how our channel's set up. Sure. And I'm curious, like what is the ad revenue pretty good on that channel? Because again, the views per week may not be astronomical, but you're doing five videos. So multiply, you know, 20,000 by five. So now you're talking, you know, over a hundred thousand views a week that you're getting plus all this backlog of content, I would imagine the ad revenue is pretty nuts. Yeah. I'm actually going to look it up because I, um, I just made a video on it and why don't you guess real quick though? Oh, what, what do you think we made in 2021? What would your guess be? We, and here's a hint. We got over 50 million views. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, it's definitely six figures. It would be what? 300,000 or something. Three, 400,000. Yeah, you're spot on. So, um, oh, sorry. Was... <laughs> sorry, that, you know, that was but... anticlimactic. Okay. <laughs> you know, but... So, yeah, um, in 2021, we the ad revenue just from you know YouTube ads was $389,481. So, um, wow. some good, good chunk of change awesome. right there. Sure. Um, Is that how much yeah, you make? <laughs> that I make double that um, a month. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously another thing is like, there's a, there's, there's a, a team. team here. There's yeah, a team here. A there's business. multiple content creators. It's a business. And that's, that's just a piece of the pie of kind totally. of what we're doing there. So people can definitely expand beyond that, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of that's money awesome. I guess, to be made there. So let's, let's talk about you, Nolan. I, I want to get into all the nerdy details and stuff, um, for sure. But tell me about yourself. How did you get into the industry? Um, and you know, are you a filmmaker, like YouTuber, photographer? How did you kind of begin in this uh, whole video process? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, also, if you do hear whining, my dog here is a only child. You can, I don't know if you can see her right here. <laughs> and, yeah, if you're watching the video, you know, she, she just 
she's whining. She's so but cute. What's her thank name? Thank you, thank you. Her name is Willow. Hi, Willow. And she can't hi, Willow. She doesn't okay, have the AirPods she in. She's, no, she doesn't. So how I got started, um, I've been into video forever. Uh, like as a kid, I was making these like basketball videos, like trick shot videos. And then, but in high school uh, and music videos, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then in high school, I started making uh, the first money I made was I started making money for this DJ who is in our high school. And I did like a promo video for him. And yeah, ever since then just started, people started paying me to make videos. Um, Where are you from? And so I'm from, I was born in Vancouver, Washington or Portland, Oregon, but kind of grew up in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, yeah. Going into eighth grade, then I moved to Southeastern Washington, the small town. Um, okay. yeah. Called Kennewick, Washington. So, That's awesome. um, yeah. And, um, so started, started getting paid to do that. Just make videos and always have been passionate about different videos. And so, and so, um, yeah. And then basically my first job in video, I, I started working at a coffee shop and then my first job in video was, was right after that. So I was in college and was getting paid at this like marketing, uh, uh, company to do like commercial work. So I started doing that and then I got married, um, and I was 20 years old, got married. And two weeks after our wedding, we moved to Los Angeles and nice. my wife started to go to college. And I, I How went there really, she? she was, uh, 18 and I was 20 and she was about to turn 19 and about to turn 21. Yeah. I'm pretty close to that. My wife was 20 and I was, tw- I mean, I was 24. So yeah. a bit of a gap there, but yeah, people thought we were crazy. That's crazy, but that's awesome. When you know, you know, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and so, yeah, definitely. Um, we, we knew, and, and we kind of just knew what we wanted. And so we moved to Los Angeles. She was going to college and I really wanted to pursue filmmaking, not just videography. And so I, my aunt actually has a friend she grew up with who works on, um, on, on movie sets and she's a second assistant director. So, um, if you're kind of familiar with, like I had no idea what all of this stuff meant before I, before I kind of got in there. Right. So you have your director, the first assistant director is the person right next to the director. Who's basically running the show on set and they're kind of like getting people in positions. They're running the rehearsals and, and the blocking and they're, and they're kind of working with all the departments to organize everything. And the second assistant director is prepping for all the future stuff. So they're building out the call sheets for the next day and they're, working with, uh, just a lot of the people and stuff that needs to happen for the upcoming days and and the shoots. And so she actually gets to hire on the production assistants. And so she could have just hired me on right away as a, as a green, uh, you know, production assistant. And so what happened was I, uh, kind of waited. And when there was an opening where someone didn't show up or whatever, she'd call me and literally we moved to, to Los Angeles and, uh, we're actually in Azusa, which is pretty mm-hmm. far from, I mean, a 45 minute drive from LA and, um, literally it's the second day we're there. So the first day, you know, we're doing our boxes. The second day we start to uh, unbox all, all of our, all of our stuff and our families are there. And she calls me in the morning and I'm like, Hey, and she goes, can you come on set this morning? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> the day Let me unbox. Ahead. Exactly. Let me unbox uh, a shirt and I'll, I'll be down. So anyway, <laughs> <A> shirt. <laughs> yeah. So the show actually, it was a TV show called the fix, which I think they did not renew a new season. I think it was just season one. So literally worked on one episode of it. 2019. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, anyways, that was kind of how I started working on set. She got me on to, I started working full time on the affair from showtime. So I got to be on Sony, um, and, and like check out the studios and the lots there. And that was a really, really cool experience. And that's when I, I already knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. That's why I was there, but I kind of had a shift where I was like, if I really want to be a writer director, mm-hmm. I need to write and direct stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when that show ended, uh, I, I actually started work. I, I, in the meantime, I was working with Sean on the side and video influencers and kind of the YouTube stuff there. So I had my kind of foot in both, uh, and, in, in, in both sides. 
And I was like, you know what? Let me take a little time here when the show ended to like, I wrote my own movie. And so I have this like script for this film. Right. And I just started writing my own stuff and then, and, and making my own stuff. But I started working with Sean more and more. And I, I grew love for YouTube as well. And I still love filmmaking, but I also love YouTube. And so, um, we, when the pandemic happened, we actually bounced out of LA and we're like, you know, let's just go save some money. So now I'm living in Arizona and I still love filmmaking, but now I really see myself as getting to where I want to go with YouTube rather than getting to where mm-hmm. I want to go through like working up a chain on a, on a movie set. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's just the way I want to do it. And that's, and, um, yeah. And so with my personal channel this year, I'm going to start posting more content around filmmaking. And, uh, so that's exciting, but yeah, mm-hmm. filmmaking is my end goal. But through working at Think Media, uh, I, I have a huge love for YouTube and even just the YouTube storytelling. And I think you do too. I, I can tell that totally. you you have a lot of passion and and you're you you do a great job just on YouTube with your channel. But um, yeah, my passion's still filmmaking. Uh, it, for you though, I know you've always been in video, but was filmmaking ever something you wanted to do? I know you're also oh, yeah. you're into music too, so. Yeah, absolutely. I I was a filmmaker for 10 years before I even touched YouTube. I directed music videos and documentaries and shot hundreds of weddings. And, um, but yeah, here in Nashville, there's a lot of music videos and Christian industry production stuff. Okay. And so I've, you know, worked with winter jam and did their commercials. I've directed, um, a handful of music videos for different labels and stuff. So yeah, I, I have a background in traditional filmmaking. And, um, I loved when I was directing stuff with like a crew that was super fun. And that's one side that I think a lot of people don't really know about me. Cause I don't really talk about it, but yeah, um, yeah. that's kind of how I remember when I met Sean, actually, I was only on YouTube for a couple months and the channel was doing fairly well. And he was like, how did you just start all like all of a sudden? and it be okay. I was like, well, I've been a director for 10 years. So, right. And I was a magician for six years. So I understand how to perform on camera because I was a, a professional entertainer, you know, before I even did video. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing about like people like us who know how to use a camera, who know how to edit in one, in one area. Like if you're watching this and you just, you love shooting videos, but you don't have a YouTube channel, but you're like, maybe I, would want to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. To even just like to maybe open up opportunities to make films or to make music or to do whatever. It's like you have an upper hand because you already know kind of the basics of video creation. Mm -hmm. What you really have to learn is the strategy of YouTube because YouTube storytelling and YouTube videos is such a different ball game than creating a music video, than creating a short film, than creating a commercial. Like it's so different. And so I'm that, still figuring I, I, it out. Yeah. Well, the thing with the thing though is I feel like you when you started Kino Tika, was that your first YouTube channel that you messed around with mm-hmm. or did you were you po- see that blows my mind because I feel like you knew maybe because you just watched a lot of YouTube, I don't know, but I feel like you had the you had the camera skills, you had the editing skills, but you yeah. also knew just intuitively what was going to work online in the space. It it did work yeah. and and so I didn't think about it as I've been working with Indie Mogul. I feel like I really matured a lot with Indie Mogul. And then now I feel like I'm very excited about moving forward. And, um, but when I started, it was all, I was just kind of throwing it all at the wall. And like, I think I really leaned into my, the six, seven years of being a magician more than anything. Mm. Um, and I just saw that I was just bored by camera reviews in general. Like I was like, why is nobody making these fun? You know? And yeah. And I struggled with that my whole career of like trying to make them fun and like getting a lot of pushback from it. And um, I don't know. So, I mean, to hear you say that is very flattering because from my perspective, I, f- I feel like in some ways it, it didn't work the way I was hoping. But, um, you know, I still had a lot of fun doing it because at the end of the day, I just wanted to be myself and just kind of, you know, crank yeah. it out. And, um, but I didn't really put any thought into the first couple of years of Kinotika. It was just like just reviewing everything I possibly could and trying to be myself, I guess. Yeah. I've actually had to retrain myself to be more, I go back and watch some of those early videos and it was more authentic because I really was, Mm. because nobody knew who I was or what I was doing. 
Um, I really was just truly being myself on camera and not really thinking too much about it. Just kind of, just kind of spouting out my real personality. And then as I started having some success, I started getting in my head about it a little bit and being more like, or seeing influence from other people and, and maybe being less authentic. So I've had to kind of figure out how to get back to that authentic state. And it, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, but. That's something I think about a lot too, is like, like, for example, I was shooting a video the other day for the media and I was talking to the camera and I feel like that's something I've always kind of struggled with is like talking to the camera is so weird because yeah. you're, you're, you're doing it for a video. And like, I think anyone, if you're, if you're on like, like, you know, the classic like TV newscaster, like today coming up on like they have this yeah. like, <laughs> like voice. Um, and there's kind of like this YouTube voice, but because if you're, if you're totally authentic and you're totally yourself and if you're feeling kind of mellow and down and you portray that on camera, I think a lot of times it depends on the content that can work. Like we see someone like Emma Chamberlain who that she's just hundred percent authentic and people love that. Yeah. Whereas for me, how I like to think of it is like, if you're hanging out with like your best friends and you're you're like having a good time and you're like, you're your best self around those people. Like try and bring that person out on camera because yeah. if you try to be a hundred percent authentic to how you're feeling in that moment and talking to the camera, you might just actually be really boring and talk to the <laughs> camera really, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, there's totally. this balance, there's this balance there of like trying to figure out, you know, how you should talk to the camera, but then also figure out what is authentic. Cause I don't want to be someone I'm not. Yes, I don't exactly. know. It's just kind of tricky. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it is tricky, and it's it's a skill. And it um, some people it's hard, especially if you're an introvert. Like you really do have to if you're if you're naturally an introvert and you don't like performing, but you somehow stumbled into this as a job and you do enjoy it. Like there is a lot of I would imagine. I'm not an introvert, so I can't relate. But I would imagine that it would be you kind of have to do have to, you have to put on a face a little bit um, to just turn on the camera, you know. But that's what's great about YouTube is it is kind of an introvert's uh, world in a way because you could just shoot in your bedroom by yourself and not have anybody else involved. That's why, like, I've heard a lot of people say, like, I met so and so and they're kind of awkward in real life, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, because on camera, it's just them and the camera and that's it. So maybe for an introvert, it is a good job. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like, like I, I am extroverted and I definitely am. But then when, when I think about like, my wife says sometimes she's like, I think you might be an introvert because like I need alone time sometimes to just recharge, mm -hmm. but I am, yeah. I am very just like, uh, extroverted. And so, um, well, yeah, we all have definitely, a little bit yeah, of both, I guess. Either way. This is Ryan. Dad, Hello, Ryan. Mommy made me something. She made you something? <laughs> yes. What you can you say, can you say hi to Nolan? Say hi. Hi. Say, I love your, your hat. He probably can't hear me, but I love that. Yo, how old are you? Four. He's four years old. Four. Wow. <laughs> what a cute kid. Oh, thank you. It's, it's the um, thing hey, Laura, I'm actually doing a podcast right now. It's okay. It feels like, it feels, you know, that it's one, awesome. um, you know, that one video where the guy's like on the news. Oh, I love that. And then it's, oh yeah. And it feels like this is like, this is a little YouTube version of that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave that in anyways. Yeah. So I'm, I think you and I may be on the same track here with what you're wanting to do on your channel. Can you talk about what you're doing on your channel and kind of what you think is possible in inside of this niche? And then I'll share what Connor and I have been working on the last couple of weeks. Cause I'm really excited about it. Yes. I would love to know more about that. Cause like you said, you know, well, first of all, with my, with my personal channel, you know, that for me, I've kind of realized I'm like, I just want to have fun with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like think media, I have fun. It's my job, but like at the end of the day, it's my job. And I have to like worry about like hitting certain deadlines and, and, and certain things because it is someone's paying me to do this. Right. Whereas on my channel, I'm like, I really want to do stuff there. That's not like for the money. It's not for the affiliate affiliate sale. It's not for this, not for that. Sure. I want to do stuff that I'm going to be passionate about. So, you know, one video I'm working on right now that is just like something that I 
am interested in and whether it gets a lot of views or doesn't, I'm like, I'm going to have so much fun making this is, is Mm -hmm. um, making a video called I remade the Batman uh, with a cheap projector. And maybe the title changed a little bit, but just the idea of like, I'm like, I just want to throw up a cheap projector and see if I can recreate some of these uh, shots from the Batman because like, that's kind of, it's kind of like what they did on, on the movie set. They have these like led walls, you know, we see with the Mandalorian and there's like this new, uh, kind of like, it's not green screen work anymore. That's a lot of this like stuff that's more practical. And yeah. so, uh, I'm like, I really want to try my own DIY budget version of that. And so I have all these ideas that I want to do that aren't traditional to the filmmaking niche, but that I feel like people would enjoy and like, I think what you're saying, it's like, not take it. So like, have fun with it, you know, like filmmaking is a fun collaborative experience. And so I really want to, um, I have another video I'm working on that I already, I, I shot a while back, but I just need to edit it. And I made a short film with my buddy in an hour and it's like, just doing awesome. stuff like that is fun, you know? And so, um, I kind of just want to have more fun with it. Take a, take a more lighthearted approach, kind of go more, I hate saying Mr. Beast style but like when you think of like kind of doing crazy stuff i want to do that but like with filmmaking like i want to do fun crazy things but in that makes sense in my niche and so uh it sounds like maybe i i feel like you would do well with that kind of stuff because you you are i just like you 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 would do well with that because you you can you can make even just like a product review interesting but if you really got creative and 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 did some really cool out there ideas. Like I feel like that would absolutely blow up on your channel. Um, sure, but you. who knows? Maybe you well, maybe you're do working on stuff like that. Yeah, I'm kind of like <laughs> I'm definitely grinning as you're saying all this, and I'm gonna try my best to influence you and your wife to move to Nashville so we could work together. Because <laughs> I couldn't have a be lot mo- of people trying to tell me to move there. <laughs> you couldn't be more on point. Yeah, my cousins moved from Scottsdale to Nashville, and they're they're loving it. Um, did they love so, the hail this morning though? <laughs> yeah, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Hail, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, it's the weather. I, I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't miss California weather uh, in particular. Right. And then also, we lived in Laguna Niguel for about two years before we moved to LA, and I miss Orange County specifically so much. I love, I love Laguna Beach. Living there, so yeah, we lived in Laguna Niguel, right down the street from Dana Point, and it was like a total dream. Um, we made some amazing friends at our church there and Polar Pro was in Costa Mesa. So I was able to just, you know, go up what there and church connect with them. did you go to down there? In, in uh, uh, S- Saddleback. Went to Saddleback. But. Oh, cool. I, I ended up going to Saddleback too. Um, but yeah, in uh, the Valley. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, we went to the, um, it was the San Juan Capistrano uh, location, I think is what it's called, if I'm remembering cool. correctly. But um <clears throat> Yeah. So here's what I, so here, uh, I don't know how to begin this, but I've, <laughs> I feel like I've finally this weekend, I shot uh, a project that I like, I felt so fulfilled. I'm so excited about it. And it's exactly what you're saying. I totally think like, let me just say this up front. I love what everybody is doing. Peter McKinnon, we discussed has a new channel, like good for him. Maddie's doing the vlogs. Gene Potato Jet is doing vlogs as well. Um, I feel like a lot of those guys like really love the vlogging thing. That's great. But uh, Peter Lindgren as well. I'm actually going to interview him in May. Uh, He's doing vlogs as well. I just don't like vlogs and I don't want to do them. Um, And I think that there is something like you said there with the Mr. Beast format um, for our niche. Of course, that's kind of the big asterisk asterisk there because the like the way that Mr. Beast edits within 30 seconds, there's like 40 cuts. And for a younger audience that works great. In fact, it clearly works because he's massive. Um, but for (laughs) our audience, which are, you know, my audience is 25 to 35 year old men. And then my second largest demographic is 35 to 45 year old men. So, um, those guys don't want to see my face looking like this on the thumbnail. You know, um, (laughs) and those guys also don't like super fast cuts and there has to be like a certain kind of quality to the project as well. I think Marquez Brownlee has nailed it with that. I think Gerald Undone has nailed it with his thing. Uh, Josh Yeo clearly has nailed it with his stuff. Like he's 
highly entertaining and his films are just so well scripted out and put together, but there's like some real actual quality to it that makes him, you know, makes people kind of give him the respect that he deserves or whatever. So I think all those things are tied into it, but then also I can't look to all them for myself personally, because I've just recently realized this because I'm always like trying to look for like, well, who am I? What I don't see anybody doing what I'm wanting to do on YouTube. And that's actually not a bad thing. Like I can actually be myself and create my own thing, you know, which I've kind of had to realize. Um, But here's what I'm planning on doing. I was going to just get back into the reviews, but I already got bored of it um, after (laughs) doing two of them. And I was like, I cannot do this. I do not want to do this. Um, I would like to basically get into filmmaking entertainment. um, And that's a broader audience, clearly, if you look at what Corridor Digital has done. Um, And I'm setting things up with proper scripting and formatting in the YouTube genre, but also fitting our filmmaking niche. Because I actually truly believe in my gut that there's a million people that would watch uh, a filmmaking based video that's entertaining and designed for YouTube. I think there's a million people out there that would watch that. Um, so that's what I'm going after. That's the kind of the goal. So the first video that I've done is uh, titled and like literally I was scripting this and working on it today before our call with Connor um, because we already shot everything, but now I'm doing the pickup shots. But the title is I shot an entire wedding on a point and shoot camera. And nice. These ideas take a lot of work. My, the idea of me recreating um, the Batman shots with a cheap projector, I bought a Batman mask. I bought Uh a cape and black (laughs) eye mask and I'm I'm doing this like budget DIY thing. And then I'm going to have to set up the projector, match the lighting for three different scenes. One of them's in a car. And so I'm going to have to then move the projector outside. And again, I don't even know if it's going to work. You know what I mean? Like if it's even going to look good, but for me, that's fun and it takes more work and it's worth it. And rather than, Again, like you said, we love what they're doing and people obviously love watching it, but like the vlog style stuff is a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, it brings, it brings on another topic too of like, I think it's good to have almost like, like it, once your hobby, once it becomes a business, like what you're saying is you're like, you're worried about the demographics, right? It's because yeah. it's a business for you and because you need to feed your family. And so you have to think about that kind of stuff. Yet at the same time, you're an artist and you're a creator and you really want to make these ideas and these videos that you think would be fun to watch and fun to make. And I think it's important to have both of those things. And so for me, I've kind of just told myself, I'm like, at Think Media, uh, most of the time I get to have a lot of fun with those videos. Sometimes they're boring tutorials that I don't really care about. But it's like, it's a job and and, I, and I'm doing that. And then like on my channel, I want to do stuff that might take a long time to make, but yeah. it's fun and it's going to be entertaining. And then the last thing I just wanted to add, uh, and I want to hear your thoughts too, but like you were saying, you know, I think there's a million people who'd be interested. And it's like, I, of course there is, um, but it just depends on the topic. So, yeah. you know, it just reminded me, I was like, I went on YouTube. I just type in like, cause I remember there's these like vanity fair. They cover like, they do like these certain filmmaking videos. And so, uh, the Joker director breaks down the opening scene, uh, has over 5 million views. And oh, it's wow. like, it's because people filmmaking, filmmaking is pop culture and people are interested in behind the scenes and people are interested in films and movies and celebrities. And, and like, so there is demand there for these, uh, certain like filmmaking breakdowns, like, but here's the thing. Is it, is it going to get 50 million views like a Mr. Beast video? Probably not. Um, Mm. but that's okay because it's like, maybe there's just not that many people. There's not as many people interested in filmmaking as there is in other topics. So you have to be honest with yourself too, and be like, yeah, this video might not get 150 million views. Sure. Um, but But even if it hit a million views, that would be crazy. Right. Well, I mean, I think Parker Wahlbeck, uh, or Wahlbeck, um, yes. beginner versus pro, you know, has 12 million views now. They, um, they might be doing what we're talking about the, the, the most right now, I think. I agree. Yeah. Cause like they even have, but, th- but they're, they're still experimenting. Cause 
I'm yeah. seeing some of them aren't taking off, uh, but I'd have to, I'd have to like really download their video and, and dissect it. Right. It could be, it could be a good title and thumbnail, but the execution of the video doesn't deliver on what they're selling with the thumbnail. I don't know. I'd, I don't want to read too much into it just off of first impressions here. Some of the things, if I were you, I would look into like, you just have to figure out how to position the thumbnail and title the correct way to kind of optimize it the most. I think your videos are incredible. Your editings are incredible, Yeah, but um, focusing in on like those big topics, like even my video that I'm making that is going to take a lot of time is the Batman. I remade the Batman uh, with a cheap projector not mm-hmm. everyone's going to be interested in in that because they don't care about a cheap projector. They don't care about the Batman that, you know, and so I'm, I'm trying to target filmmakers, but not everyone's going to care about that. So, but sure. doing, so you have to, yeah, it's it just, it's, it's an interesting game Let's, when you, yeah, yeah this is part of the transition is like, because it's can't my, my entire channel is used to camera gear reviews. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea was that it's kind of like there the thumbnail and title is about the fact that I shot a wedding on a cheap, you know, Sony camera. But yeah. then once you click on it, I'm giving you what you came for. But then in addition to that, I'm giving you the same day edit thing with a family friend or whatever. Yes. That was the idea. Was well, that I it's like, I absolutely love that for. idea. Um, I, I think the, so as me, right. So I'm a Kino Tika, uh, now Dave Mays, <laughs> um, subscriber, <laughs> you know, I, I like watching certain camera review videos when they come out, even like I watched your C70 video and I thought it was great and I really loved it, but like mm-hmm. I never will buy a C70 as long as I work at the yeah. because I have an A7S three. So mm-hmm. I'm like, so I think you actually have the opportunity now to expand even bigger because you're, you can potentially reach on topics that are bigger than a specific camera, right? Yeah. Uh, Canon That's does like pull to get away from. weight though. Yeah. yeah but it does. at the same time, you're also making a video that is targeted maybe for people who are interested in making wedding films. Now your mm-hmm. video seems interesting and I would probably click on it and watch it regardless, even though I'm not making wedding films and I used to, but I wonder if a video like that, and again, you could you can make this video down, down the line. I think a video that could potentially be better or mm-hmm. not better reach more people, have more, uh, have more, uh, like a wider appeal could be like, um, I made a short film or maybe people that would target maybe filmmakers or I made a, uh, product video mm-hmm. for Coca Cola for Pepsi, you know, um, mm-hmm. with a point and shoot camera. And then mm-hmm. you like try to email it to them to sell it to them. Right. And like, you're like, yeah. Hey, I made this for you, Pepsi. Do you want to give me a thousand dollars to uh, use it on ads? You know, or like doing something sure. like that could be more interesting, assuming that there's more people interested in product videography than there is wedding film. And so, but it all comes back down to that idea and like trying to reach yeah, a wider topic. But I think wedding film is a wider topic than even a specific camera review because any wedding maker will watch that. Yeah. So with Think Media, it is kind of similar-ish to what I've worked with in the past in terms of like, you know, I've reviewed the M50 and had a lot of, I made a lot of M50 videos. Um, and so did you guys. And that that stupid video, like, or not that stupid video, that stupid camera still, like to this day, people are, are still interested in it. And I think yeah. it's hilarious because like, it's very outdated at this point. Like you should not be using it. Uh, you should be using the ZV-E10 over the M50 100%. (laughs) But the interest just isn't there still as much as, like, it's almost like I'm trying to convince people, like, look, we should move past this, but still, the M50 is still popular. But um, uh, do you think that the niche in general, like, am I wasting my time by putting so much effort in this niche? Like, should I, because that's been my biggest struggle is like, if I just hopped over to a different niche altogether that was more entertainment focused, now we are talking about millions of views that are possible in an entertainment niche rather than spending all my time and energy trying to convince 35-year-old men to watch my videos. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I I, um, I get that. I think you're not wasting your time at all. I think you're in the right niche. I think you um, are on the right track. It feels like you, though... 
you know, I think what you're, I think what you're saying is, you know, is there, is there better, is there more opportunity out there for me to, to like make more money, get more views, have like what I, I would want, say. Is, I want to do big things. I like, I really want to build this up to uh, like corridor digital is definitely kind of a, you know, they're an example of what I would like to do. I'd like to have multiple people working with me. I'd like to have a team. I'd like to create bigger concept videos you know, they're doing essentially what I wanted to do at Indie Mogul, you know? Yeah. Okay. But would that be in the filmmaking niche or what niche would that look like? Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I know. That's what I seem to come back to naturally is that I, in conversation with people, I love talking about Apple stuff and camera gear. So, um, I can't seem to get away from it, but I also got into a retro gaming kick and was kind of thinking that could be fun you know, challenging people on the street. Like I have this old retro television and a, a cart and I was going to go like downtown Nashville and challenge people to beat me at Mario Kart or whatever, um, you know, and the winner wins money or whatever, like do a Mr. Beast thing, do Super Mario Marathon. So like two um, stations with a Game Boy, a Nintendo, you know, DS, uh, NES, and basically they have to beat one level of Super Mario all the way up to every console. And then we like throw mushrooms at them, do all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, yeah, stuff in the, in the okay. gaming niche could be interesting too, but I don't know. So, okay. So here's what I'd say. And you know, I, I feel like you and I are very similar and there might be people, I'm sure there's people listening to this who are going to be very similar to us as well. Um, and I, so I actually, a year ago, about a year ago, maybe or less, I I figured out I had ADHD less than a year ago. Had have ADHD? <laughs> yes, I I'm not saying you have ADHD. No, um, I, I probably have ADHD. <laughs> okay, so well, here's my point. Here's my point is I have so many ideas like you, where mm-hmm. they're different ideas, but I'm like, I'm w- one week I'm like I want to make music, and the next week. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I want to make a song. And then the next week I'm like, I want to make a, a feature film and I, you know, write a movie script. And then, and then I went on TikTok for like a couple of weeks and then I was like, what am I doing? I need to be on YouTube. So now I'm on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff I want to do. And I think what you're thinking about is, is you have all these ideas and you want to be able to execute on those ideas. But I think what most, and I really am no person to give advice. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Like literally I should be following my own advice, but I just have a similar mind. And that's why I'm even giving you any sort of advice if you want to call it that. But anyways, I'm in no place to give you advice. So what I, what I think you should do is, and probably what I should do is you need to have, you need to have something that is making money for you so that you can do the thing that you really want to do and hopefully get that thing that you really want to do one day to make money too. So for you, you're, you have a lot of, you have, you have, um, like what you said, cameras and Apple products and stuff. I would hone in on your Dave Mays channel and really make that successful Mm -hmm. and making money and maybe even, uh, start thinking long-term of like, you know, in a couple of years I want to, or in a year, I want to outsource an editor. I want to outsource the thumbnail artist, all the management, all the, all this stuff so that yeah. this can free me up to go downtown and start a new YouTube channel. Cause you probably want to want to do that on your same channel, start a new YouTube channel, Pete's pirate life, you know, and start playing video games with random people on the street because that's what I want to do. But then also on that channel, I might post a parody song and I might post, And like, and that, and like, you need to be thinking about instead of, instead of ditching what you have now that's working and making money and you're good at to, to do everything you want to do and, and try and focus in on another thing is like, what I think is build the thing that's working right now, but think of it as a business, find a way to monetize it that can free up your time to start doing some of these projects that it sounds like you have tons of ideas and to execute those, you need time. And so I think you really need to focus on like building a business with this YouTube channel, but have fun with it. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, like work is work, free up some time so you can really go have as much fun as you want doing whatever you want and not have to worry about it. Like making income because you already got your other business making income. 
Yeah, totally. That's the logical that, business approach. Yeah. <laughs> I do, but I don't, even though, and that's a maturity thing too for me is like, uh, I'm a father and my wife stays home. So I'm the sole provider of my home. So I, you know, I got to take home the bacon at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm still not, to my core as a person, I'm not motivated by that. I'm only motivated by, I want to do what I want to do. That's my personality. So, um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I, um, you know, I, you know, I, there's, why there's I so never, many, that's why it's hard yeah. for me to work for other people. So, yeah, I, I think, it, I think, I think for you though, I mean, here's the thing with Kinotika, I think actually there is some benefit to working for other people, for people like us, for people mm-hmm. like us. Uh, because it's like when, when someone pays you to do something, you have to do that. Right. Here, here we are doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you, ha- and, and like, you have to do that because you, you need a paycheck. Yeah. Um, but, but people like us want to do whatever we want to do because we have so many good ideas Mm-hmm. And we want to execute on all of them. And then it ends up, we end up going all over the place. That's why I've never really grew my personal channel because I, I do other things way too much. And so that's yeah. why this year I'm like, let me just have fun on my personal channel. All my money stuff can come from working for think media. Yeah. And so, and then and I know you're learning like, how to be a good YouTuber there too. You're getting paid to, to learn. So hundred percent, there's so many pros, you know, to it, but at the same time, I haven't grown my personal channel because I've been distracted with so many other of these good ideas. And so I just told myself, I'm like, you know what? For the next year, I'm going to go in only on this. And then I'm just black and white like that. So then I'm like, um, I'm like, I'm going to go in on this and then, and then I can start going shooting like indie films that I want to make and start doing, uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, when you work for yourself, that's kind of the scary thing is you literally could post whatever you want to post and mm-hmm. kind of maybe actually lose subscribers or, or lose stuff because you're experimenting maybe on the channel with so much different stuff that it it's not what it used to be. Whereas maybe mm-hmm. that should just be its own thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, totally. Okay. You're giving me a lot to think about. And I, again, I feel like I'm talking about myself way too much on a podcast with you on it. So, um, <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you very hey, much is, for <laughs> welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Nolan Molt, and today we have exactly. Dave Mays. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, I, I love talking about this stuff, and I'm passionate about it because like I just resonate with you. You know what I mean? Like I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. And it for me, and I just assume there's people out there like you and I. Um, and so it's like, yeah, we're using you as an example, but there's so many people out there who don't know what they want to do, you know, or they, they know they want to, when I, I have had so many different jobs. I told you I worked, you know, at a coffee shop and then I was doing video and then Mm -hmm. I actually ended up working at a church doing video at my parents' church doing video. But Mm -hmm. I also was paid. uh, I DJed at one point. I was a teacher at one point. What? I teach. What else did I do? I, I've just done a lot of like different things. And so I have these different passions for music. I have these different passions for, uh, you know, filmmaking, videography, YouTube, uh, even just business in general marketing. I'm like, there's a lot of people out there just with different passions and they don't really know where to start. And I think there's just a lot of like wisdom in going in on, on one thing and focusing in on it so that yes, one day you can do what you want to do. Well, I think, Okay. All that being said, as of right now, as an ADHD person, I'm sure my mind will be changed tomorrow. Yeah. But as of right now, in my gut, I feel like I'm just going to attack this uh, kind of entertainment-based stuff in my niche. So like we just discussed, the, yeah. the wedding. And I the, love that. The drone thing, and then maybe even throwing in the reactions and basically treating each of those as a bucket, as Daryl Eves calls it, of yeah. content. So like the wedding is its own bucket. The you know, A versus B, you know, cheap versus expensive is its own bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, the reactions are their own bucket, but it's still all camera news is. again. And that's a bucket. Yeah. Camera news. Those are easy. I could just sit here and just spout out rumors and news. I mean, that's easy. So yeah, just start spreading rumors, start spreading rumors, <laughs> <laughs> Canon rumors, uh, blown up on Twitter and stuff. Um, your Canon's actually coming out with a, with a T12i. 
No, I didn't. Are you serious though? No, no, I'm just trying to spread rumors. <laughs> I think I was like, I think we're, I think we're on the T nine I right now. You started in the filmmaking industry, like in LA, and that's kind of what you you really wanted to do. Are you happy now doing what you're doing? Do you you see yourself ever going back into that industry and and quitting YouTube, or is YouTube now become like a, a real passion of yours that you want to to pursue? Yeah, I. I wouldn't quit YouTube. I really believe in YouTube. I see the future of just like the creator economy and building your own personal brand. I think like, honestly, um, man, even just like, even with what Danny's doing, Danny, is it Gervitz? I don't know if I'm Mm -hmm. saying that right, but he's a filmmaker and he's making a movie and he's using his channel's kind of authority to do that. And I'm like, that's what I want to do is I want to like, I want to make movies and, um, I, I really think my YouTube channel could be the the place to fund that and to bring the awareness to it. And so, um, for me, if I ever were to go back or like quit YouTube and like go to the film industry, it would be as like a writer director, uh-huh. but, but I'm like that, that when it happened, like, do you know who pony smasher is? <laughs> no pony smasher is a guy who made short films on youtube and um some of them went okay. viral and he got picked up to do annabelle and now he's done shazam and cool uh some other hollywood movies and he shot shazam directed or- yeah wow cool yeah and so uh, for me i'm like dude i i love filmmaking and I don't care the the kind of medium of it. So like, I want to make what I want to make. You know, I think if a lot of times if if it's funded by certain people or like Hollywood or whatever it is, it's like there's certain agendas and certain things that they want in there or don't want in there. Like at the end of the day, I want to make the art that I want to make. And I think the best place to do that is YouTube. And so I really want to build a filmmaking community and just like try and make it uh, meaning as a filmmaker, meaning like at the end of the day, if I could just make movies and sell those movies to make money, mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. But I also see YouTube being a great way to monetize it as well. And I love YouTube. So that's kind of, that's the path I, I want to go down is that. I love it. So everybody go subscribe to Nolan Moltz YouTube channel to follow this adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes for sure. And Nolan, we need to have you in Nashville, you and your wife come down here, visit. Um, I have a feeling that our wives would probably get along well. Yes, they're probably they're, they're both married to similar minded men. So <laughs> yeah, they can absolutely. they can like share their their issues with <laughs> being married yeah, to they, they can sit crazy... down and complain over coffee. Be great. <laughs> 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 yeah, totally. Um and you guys have the puppy. Do you guys want to have kids uh, one day? Yeah, we do. We do. We're just um, wait, waiting for the right time. But we've been married over three years now. So okay, um, yeah. you're still in the early stages. I think we got pregnant uh, five, four years in, four, five years in. So yeah, um, yeah. That's that's a good healthy. You know, just take your time with it for sure. You guys are young, so. Let me ask you this real quick before we get off. What's your favorite camera? What are you currently shooting on? I think we already sort of discussed it, but what's what's your like favorite piece of gear right now that you've been shooting on? Uh definitely the A7S3. Um such a workhorse. Yeah, it's very expensive, you know, for a lot of people out there watching who maybe are just getting started. Like I started with a Canon T3i, actually before that, a camcorder. Um, and so, okay. but right now, dude, the Sony is perfect for me with the autofocus and as a solo creator having the wireless app to just like monitor myself on my phone has been super clutch yeah. uh that's kind of like an underrated feature that it, that you just kind of get that um but dude s-log three and then i throw on a phantom LUT, and it just gives me a perfect base to work with uh, what's and a so phantom LUT? phantom LUT is um I actually just go watch Nolan Moltz chan- uh, YouTube video on how to turn your Sony to airy colors. <laughs> so, but gotcha. it's uh, 
Is that the one that's made by this like Joel. fancy colorist? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It's just a beautiful color uh, interpretation. It is. Uh, I really like it. And that was the thing I always didn't like about Sony's was the colors until the A7S three came out with the new uh, sensor. 3. The, the S-Log3 10-bit changed everything for me, uh, especially with this LUT. I'm not a colorist, so like to be able to just slap that on and just get the look I'm going for right away. Mm. Um, I still love Canon colors, but for me, this is like, it's my, it's my go-to. I agree. Have you played with the A7 IV at all? Yes, that's, what's my, uh, that's my webcam right now. <laughs> so. so what are your thoughts on that versus the s3 because i i was even thinking about picking up an, an a, a7 IV as like a small like i don't want to buy the r5 it's too much photography for me and then the r5c is way too expensive and i already have the c70 so i was thinking about getting the a7 IV as like a take pictures of my family camera and then also like a handheld small lightweight option yeah um the reason I love it and I take thumbnails on it and I, and I take a lot of, I do videos on it for think media. The only thing I wouldn't use it for in like a vlogging or filmmaking uh, scenario is the rolling shutter. So that's my only issue with vlogging on it. Like, is it better in 1080? Um, I would imagine I'm trying to think. I think I it's know. better. I, it, I know it's better in crop mode. I don't know if it's better in 1080, but when you do the APS-C crop mode, it is definitely better. But I, I don't think if it's on full frame 1080, I don't think it's much better. Okay. So Weird. that's the thing though. If you're doing, if you're doing sit down stuff, like what I do, like as a studio camera, this thing is amazing. You don't need the A7S III. Um, and then for slow motion stuff, if you want to do that, just like the crops, not that big of a deal. True. And, um, so overall, it's a fantastic camera. I just, I won't use it for like my short films or my yeah. vlogs and stuff because I have the A7S III with no rolling shutter. Sure. So that's what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Do you, um, <clears throat> what's your favorite lens? Do you, have you used those Tamron lenses? Those like the 28 to 75 and the, yeah. or do you have Sony stuff or what? what's your lens go to? I only have three lenses. I just... Like we haven't done a lens review in a long time, but I have this uh, 20 mil 1.8 Sony lens. It's expensive, but the mm-hmm. cool thing on the a7 IV is it, it it like works with the lens. What's it called? The lens the, breathing the correction? The focus breathing correction, yeah. Focus breathing correction. And, um, but yeah, I shoot like for just like a good wide angle. That thing is amazing. And then I use the Tamron uh, 20 to 75 f2.8 uh, I think the the first generation and I use that yeah. autofocus is amazing. Great image quality. And then I have a 17 to 28 Tamron uh, first gen uh, that both those lenses are just pretty, pretty sweet. If I They're were to buy my so own, reliable. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I would look, I would maybe watch more comparisons on the Sigma versus Tamron version, but mm-hmm. honestly, dude, like it's, it's a great, great lens for how uh, affordable it is. Interesting. Yeah. The Sigma one is $200 more. Mm. It's also a little wider at 24 millimeters, but it's not as tight. It's 70 millimeters, but it actually has the zoom direction in the correct orientation. So Ah. that that alone as a Canon shooter would probably be better for me. I would prefer a a proper zoom, you know, wide is on the left and tight is on the right. Whereas the other way around, which gets annoying. <laughs> yeah. And Sigma is great. <clears throat> so yeah, Sigma Tamron, that's kind of new though. The Tamron has been out for several years and has been like a workhorse for a while. Um, it's strange to me that like, obviously the physics of these smaller two eight zooms are possible because Sigma and Tamron both have done it. It's mm-hmm. odd to me that Sony hasn't done like a compact version of a 24 to 72 eight to compete with these. Um, but I guess they're like, hey, so Sigma and, and Tamron got that covered. We'll do the uh, the G Master stuff. Right, right. So the, the G Master lens is so expensive. I know. And that's this 2000, is $2,000 for the 24 to 70 G Master. That's crazy. The, the, the pro that we're going to start seeing with these Sony, uh, native Sony lenses on the Sony cameras is like, well, first of all, I'm making a video on this too eventually, but like, the Sony a7 IV has like the lens breathing correction. It has, um, 
-hmm. even like on my wireless monitor, when I view it on my phone, you can like see if it's connected to your eye or like the tracking, like there's certain differences with the software that I'm like, I just want A7S three not have this. So once all their cameras kind of start getting these, these things that can make your lenses better, like the lens breathing correction. Yeah. People are going to pay more for that. And I, and I get that. Um, but I think they're kind of like Sigma and Tamron are doing such a good job at just like underpricing with good value that they're probably just like, dude, let them have it. We'll, we'll take the people who want to go, um, sure. You know, want to go up another level, but yeah. Well, okay. We, we could probably talk forever about stuff. I know. I really appreciate this, Nolan, and we'll have to do it again um, and just follow up on the Batman thing and on your channel. And then <laughs> yeah. um, maybe if it makes sense one day, we could, you know, even if you don't come out here on your own, uh, maybe I could pay for you to fly out and we could actually shoot a video, which would be super fun. Because I think Dude, that, that would be a blast. Yeah, that'd be a blast. I think there's a natural um, kind of vibe here with you and I that, I think I I have yet to find somebody that is thinking the same way that I am about all this and it's refreshing. So thank you for that. Dude, yeah. I, I definitely would love to chat more, even about all that kind of stuff. I think it's um I think there's, you know, YouTube's kind of I feel like there's gonna be a shift on YouTube with the certain kind of content that we're seeing. Um and so uh, I'm excited just for you and even for me to just experiment with different stuff. At the end of the day, it's what the viewers want, right? So if 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 people, um, you know, really like it, then maybe we're onto something. And if they hate it, then maybe, you know, we're not onto something. So <laughs> just keep uh, trying. We'll keep trying, but yeah, I'm I'm excited just to kind of work on some stuff and and to see what kind of stuff you, you come out with that we're excited yeah, to make, and I think that's what kind of helps you just keep going, uh, for for the long haul to stay consistent. You gotta love Heck it. Yeah.